This is an Area Code podcast. This episode of Table of Malcontents is brought to you by Gospel Centered Discipleship on April 13th in Louisville. It's Louisville. Louisville? Louisville? Louisville. Louisville. That's how you got to say Okay. I think so. So on April 13th, right before Together for the Gospel, Gospel Centered Discipleship is hosting their 2020 Writers Intensive, featuring Ronnie Martin, Jonathan Dodson, and Jared C. Wilson. This event is all about equipping Christian writers to grow as leaders and disciple makers in the world today. Dude, I just noticed I'm a little upset that they didn't include you. I don't think they like Canadians. No, what do you think? Well, no. no, they do love Canadians. I think they it's do. more that I'm just not helpful. They just don't like you. It's yeah, okay. That's right. It's all right. But anyway, head over to gcdiscipleship.com today to learn more and register. You're listening to The Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Jen Wilkin talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special episode of Table of Malcontents, recorded in lovely, balmy... Minneapolis. It is balmy though compared to last year. That's I'll true. That. That's true. It's above freezing yes. today. It's above freezing, which is strange. <laughs> so it's summertime, everybody. I'm pretty sure I saw someone going and uh, going for breakfast in shorts. It was weird. It was a guy, wasn't it? I hope it so. It was a guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. yep. And what we're referring to is last year, it was negative 50. Negative 50. When we were here. I should was, say, I wasn't here. I did not, yeah, I did not arrive. My did flight not get canceled. Out, and that's like okay. Like multiple days in a row. That's what happens. That's okay. But it's, uh, but it's much better this time. So, But we are recording, actually, um, believe it or not, in the Hilton lobby. We are looking for a quiet space, and this has been our solution. This is the closest we got. Because you're going to hear a few things. You're going to hear things like cheering every now and then, because what you're hearing is we're recording during the Super Bowl, which says how we feel about the Super Bowl well, right now. Well, it says how I feel about the <laughs> Sorry, Super Bowl. Sorry, it does. Because, um, as you all know, I don't care. <laughs> You are Canadian. It's true. Therefore, it's true. a lot of things you just don't care about. That's so. right. That's right. Now, of course, I have done a f- terrible job of introducing myself and yourself, Dave. Yeah. So as I think they know. everyone who w- listens to this knows, I'm Aaron. This is Dave. We are still together. <laughs> this <laughs> that is good. Couldn't have been weirder, but go ahead, keep going with that. So. Oh, Dave, it can always get weirder. <laughs> but we have a special guest with us. We do. So we have to not be super weird today because we have to be on a on best behavior because with us today is uh jen wilkin hi guys how's it going <laughs> well it's good don't be weird because i'm missing the super bowl for this so. <laughs> All right. uh, we, are we, you uh, really upset about that it's i am not upset in the least okay my, there we go my birthday is actually um two days from now and so every year it is uh, my sister-in-law throws a giant party which she acts like is a birthday party for me and is actually everything to do with a sporting event that i only Mm. enjoy the commercials of so yeah it's just so funny because i i i i did not know your feelings about the super bowl when i was emailing you to be on the show (laughs) i thought like hey i like i just figured cowboys fan you know you're you're in dfw Uh area you gotta be a big cowboys fan Sorry, Cowboys aren't going to be in the Super Bowl. You can always just pretend. You could pretend, but, you know. Well, it's my fault that we're doing it right now. Because I I was like, I don't know, guys. I've got, this is the only window I have open. And and then you were kind of like, hey, that's, there's sort of a national sporting event happening, man. 
and Dave, I was Dave's the only one sacrificing yeah, okay. for this. It's right. going yes. to be fine. Well, you'll know Trust if anything right. happens, and That's so will all of our listeners. Absolutely, because, because periodically be, there will be some cheering. Yes. There was some just now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. It but could it's, be a commercial, though, too. Yeah. I it hope it's be. a commercial. That's what no. I want people to cheer for the most is the commercials. Yeah. <laughs> Can that happen? <laughs> I mean, Will we could help. Yeah. There were people cheering for a commercial second. That's ago, true. So. There was one, well, there was that one uh, when we were downstairs. Yes, um, people were super excited about that. Not necessarily yes. the touchdown. So. No. Oh well. No. There and that's go. okay. It's yeah. okay. But right. happy birthday. Oh, no. hey, early birthday. Well, that's right. Well, happy I'm birthday. Early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. So you'll you'll hopefully you'll you'll be home in time for. Uh, I will. Yes. To celebrate. Yeah, I will. That's mm-hmm. good. I'm That's going good. to celebrate by working a full day and having Bible study twice. So, yeah. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Fun. Always there you fun. Go. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's fine. It's good. <laughs> it is, it's a good Tuesday when it's, when that happens. So, yeah. Nice. Well, digging right in real quick. So, Better, your new Bible study yeah. is releasing, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that. It is um, the latest study that I've put out that follows the same technique that I've had with the others. Um, it was a little bit of a surprise when I was writing it originally because... We always alternate a year in the Old Testament and then a year in the New Testament in my in my local setting. And so a friend of mine said, why don't we do Hebrews? I mean, it's like the right length for the amount of time that we need. And, you know, it's New Testament. Yay! And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. And, I mean, I had read Hebrews. I should have... I should have had a red flag go up because then we got into it and I was like, yeah, this is not a New Testament study. This is an Old Testament, New Testament study. And so it was almost like twice the work of a, of a normal study to put together, but really, really rewarding on, on the, on the back end of it. And so, um, yeah, that one has just released and I'm really excited to get it into the hands of churches because, um, it's just, it talks about, not being stuck in what used to be and moving into what is and everybody needs that that's awesome nice. that's great well um uh mutual friend of ours and you just mentioned is mary wiley um yeah. she yeah she had said that uh you're gonna be on her podcast she was doing for her study yeah, too that's which right. is cool yeah. but yeah she and elizabeth were asked me like yeah i, I was i was kind of following up on the masking about better when it's coming out and everything and it's uh it's awesome. My wife, by the way, in terms of your books, in his image, of course, and uh, uh, women in the word, mm-hmm. and why am I blank- blanking? I was, quick? I was about to be I really know. impressed because you had not. Like, you're not looking at a piece of paper right, right now. No, no. One, uh, in None his like, image. Yeah, that's I said it. that. Yeah, that was the other one. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, so they're all in her nightstand right now. So oh, nice. She, is, she was funny because I got them for her last year. And I can't remember, we're just busy. You know mm-hmm. how it is. Like yep. suddenly you get a stack of books. I think it was coming back from TGC. And but she's like, who this is like two months ago. She's like, who is this author that you got this? Like, these books are amazing. I'm like, I got these for you like a year ago. You kind of like brushed them aside a second ago. Oh, that's fantastic. And, uh, which is really funny. She's like, this is so this is so like, great. I was an amazing gift giver a year ago. Yes, exactly. Aww. I know. I remember I'm like, yeah, those don't you remember? <laughs> I guess you don't. Like, they just magically appeared there. So you yeah. could have just owned that yeah. moment and been like, you know, I was just thinking about you, and <laughs> you could have gotten you could have gotten bonus kudos. That's, uh, that's not really how marriage works, Aaron. Uh, Come on, it's, it's <laughs> what are you talking about? Of course, it's how marriage works. Uh, it's not like it's not like meritorious grace where you can like earn <laughs> extra. No, which is actually not actually not a thing. By the no, way, for our no, gotcha. yeah, no, it's okay. Yeah. No, well, I mean, just about anything we say these days can uh, get us in trouble, right? So, yeah. <laughs> 
We try. We try. We try. We try. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but it's fun. But it was more just also this curiosity when uh, um, uh, Elizabeth and I were talking to him, like, I really want to know. And Aaron and I were, we saw that you were going to be here at the conference. Like, I really want to know what has kind of made Jen as a, as a writer. Like, what's been behind that? What are the things that you've read in the past? So it was because sometimes you get, there are some people, um, in theology circles who stick to their lane there's mm -hmm. nothing there's nothing wrong with that i've just but at the same time sometimes i'm just surprised by um <laughs> books that people love or a certain genre that they read on the side they don't tell anyone about uh -huh. right i said i i said i bet first i bet jen is good, like a serious reader but mm -hmm. also like she's gonna have a strong opinion about books so like we need to have ron to talk about that at least so. yeah that's right there you go. So it was curiosity more than anything. Right. So this is your chance to yeah, throw it out. Great, so. great. All right. So tell us first about like growing up. Like, what were the types of books that you loved growing up? Well, I have four brothers, and so a lot of my reading was shaped by what they were reading because I wanted to read too old or too younger. Okay. And particularly my older brothers, I always wanted to be reading what they were reading yeah. uh, so that I could be a part of the crowd. And right. um, they were pretty heavy into sci-fi. So you nice. know, I've had, I've spent. Spent, logged my hours in, um, I read The Sword of Shannara, I read uh, a oh lot of Ray Bradbury, um, all the Lord of the Rings, and um, I had read the C.S. Lewis Space Trilogy before, before most of the Christian blogosphere knew it even existed. Hey, there you go. I was go. pretty proud of that. Nice. Yeah, so a lot of sci-fi, and then both of my parents have English degrees, and my mom taught English, taught literature, and so uh, we always had, you know, like back before the interwebs, you had whatever books were on the shelf in the hallway all summer long yeah. or what you could get at the local library. And we always had those, um, I don't know if you've seen them, they're those Reader's Digest condensed versions of classics. Oh, yeah. yep. So we just, in the summer, would just read read those just one after another. So I yeah. kind of hit a broad range of the classics, some of them more abbreviated nice. than others. Nice. I'm pretty sure that those uh, abbreviated editions, those abridged editions, are the only way to make Moby Dick palatable. You are not kidding. Yeah, it is the worst. My husband read <laughs> the entire full <laughs> length of Moby Dick. What? Does he hate himself? I really, I was like, hon, what, are you okay? Is this a cry for help? <laughs> like, he got into the whole chapter on white, you know, or whatever. Yeah, it was like a, yeah. 90 pages where he just talks about the color white. Gosh. That you know, he, he, he's going to play into our story today because he's yeah. also the one who told me that I should read Anna Karenina. Okay, wow! So, so shots have been fired. All right, mm -hmm. all right. This is a pro this is uh, this is serious. Is mm -hmm. this an early nomination mm -hmm. for uh, for the Jack Reacher Sucker Punch of the Week? Well, <laughs> I mean, I can go for a whole genre if you want. Okay, nice. all right. Um, wow. All right. wow, I like this already. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that she was in the sci-fi? I did not. Sorry, this I just is not like a sci-fi. Maybe yeah. okay. a little. Well, no, so, but, but early on. But that's yeah. you know what Ray Bradbury yeah. is legit. Like yeah. people I agree. had not given at the time that I was yeah. reading his stuff. It was more you know sort of like fandom stuff. But but yeah. I mean he's a legitimate author. Oh yeah, yeah. In any genre. And so, I mean there's not all, not everything he wrote was sci-fi. No. Yeah. No. I mean there's some there's some weird and wonderful stuff that yeah. is in that fits in that broad. Uh, broad genre it's not all um you know with the fantasy side it's not all ripoffs of um lord of the rings mm -hmm. which it, most of it is unfortunately mm -hmm. did your uh did your parents introduce a lot of other books as well were they ones were like hey you need to read this or that i mean outside of what school was telling you uh -huh. yeah what happened there with them well and some of it was just you know you develop a, an appetite for it and then yeah. we read constantly growing up okay. we just read constantly and so and then i 
I didn't know it at the time, but I was developing an aptitude for writing. And so, you know, you start to gravitate towards certain authors. And I read, I actually read a lot of um, historical fiction growing up, which kind of fed um, uh, interest in it uh, into adulthood. And my yeah. husband and I then found when we were, we hadn't been married for very long, and he literally found this just walking through a Barnes and Noble on the end cap, an author named Dorothy Dunnett. And she's okay. a Scottish author. And she had written in the 60s, she wrote a, a set of books called The Lyman Chronicles, and there's seven in the series. And they're still, to this day, my favorite, my favorite historical fiction, and yeah. probably my favorite thing that I've read, that I would read repeatedly. So Jeff and I probably read those four times, five times each. Yeah. And um, no way. Yeah, so that's a genre that I've really enjoyed. Do you still I'm enjoy too lazy that? to just straight up learn history. I need someone to put a little <laughs> sugar for me a little bit. Well, I always tell people because I, I mean, I read a ton of history, but some people are like, yeah, I don't want to read something that dense. I'm like, well, not all of it is. Yeah. And I always say, like, yeah, go for historical fiction. Yeah, just get yourself yeah. lured in through yeah. the, the fiction door, and yeah. then, then maybe you'll actually find out a little bit of uh, history. And so she was married yeah. actually, actually to a historian, and so he handled all of the heavy lifting around the history. Yeah. And then and she, she did all it. the plot. And she, right. it, they're phenomenal. They're so good. Nice. Yeah. I wonder if that could work the other way around. So for someone who's generally into history but struggles to get into fiction, if if it could be the gateway that way as well. I don't know. Maybe. But I feel like people who like just history, they, they feel like, you know, yeah. what's un, I'm reading the unvarnished version. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but, but, but I'll say this. I'm actually one of those, like, all I read was strictly nonfiction history. And there was a point where I was reading Jeff Shara, Michael Shara, the Civil War, Civil okay. War World mm-hmm. War II ones. And then mm-hmm. suddenly, like, well, okay, I've read about this before, but now it's you're following yes. characters. And yeah. there's dialogue that you wouldn't normally yeah. get out of something. Mm-hmm. And so... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's fresh. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't read it all the time, but I, to me, I think it's it's something that combines a love of novels that I, I, I enjoy more now. I didn't right. then, right? Um, but so yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, on the flip side, I mean, Eric Larson is. Uh, I mean, he's yes. nonfiction and still knows how to tell, make a good story out of mm-hmm. yes. out of history too. Yes. So. Do you find? I'm just. You guys yeah. have been doing this podcast for a while, sure. right? Do you ever get into trouble because you talk about a book that you liked that was too spicy for some of your peers? Um, spicy. Mm. Define spicy. I think you know Jen. what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> There's some content. It's gritty. Oh, content. That's what uh, we say. Yeah. It has so, like, some so like when I was before yeah. we moved up to the Dallas area, I was in a book. A book <laughs> club in Houston and and these women were not concerned about choosing Christian bestsellers and so I got exposed to some really great writing that I feel like I can never really recommend. Um, no, but but there's an attractiveness to just good writing. Right. So yes. therefore, if you can tell a story well, yeah. and mm-hmm. if you can mm-hmm. write and lead the reader in an mm-hmm. effective way, well, yeah. Then I mean, but there's some people you know. Yeah. I haven't been out of the bubble, and so mm-hmm. I understand why mm-hmm. it would be hard for them to read a certain book, whether it's, well, I mean, content, language, mm-hmm. you go down the list of anything that can be there. The reality is, like, some people have a tough time mm-hmm. with that. I'm reading a novel right now that's so good, but I know I can't give this to everyone. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, right. We tend well, to be pretty choosy. It doesn't bother yeah, You kind of yeah. never know, like, where someone's coming from, what, yeah. they, what they can and can't absorb. Right. Yeah. So, so you try and give them as much of a, a and warning. And this is true for me. Like I don't. Yeah. I hate when there's a, a a twist in a novel that I didn't see coming, and then it's stuck in my head. You know, yes. I hate yep. that. Yes. It yep. Happens sometimes. Um, yes. Yeah. Like there's certain authors that it's like, I'll be like, if you skip over this chunk, yeah. 
you're fine. I um, used to give my girls, well, and the boys too, like stuff that I had read in book club, and they still remember this. They're like, you totally censored our reading. I would sharpie out the parts that I didn't <laughs> want them to read. That's amazing. Like, that, uh, that is brilliant. Like The Art of Racing in the Rain. I think mm-hmm. it was a terrible movie, but it was actually a really good book. That's and there was heard. only one scene where yeah. I'm like, I do not want to hand this book to my child with this one scene. So I just got out oh. my sharpie and... It just took care of it. Yeah, the sensors wow. came in. Yeah, hey, wow, I the mean, bomb sensor. But that's I mean, pretty, that's yeah, pretty bad that's for a girl no. who likes Bradbury that's too. I mean, I did read Fahrenheit 451, so <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the irony is thick. Yeah, yep. yeah, absolutely. But I mean, but I mean, that's that's also just being a wise parent too. I mean, yeah. like it's well, like age appropriate stuff. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yes. Yes. exactly. If something is completely inappropriate for. For our kids, yeah, we need to hold off on that. Yeah. Um, it really annoys my my kids because I'm like, because we really like comic books in our house, uh-huh. and so they're like, so my son has been constantly like, he's like, Dad, can I read this one? I'm like, No. Can I read this one? No. Can I read this one? Yeah. No. I'm like, When can I read any of these? I'm like, Not until you're at least twelve. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then even then, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And he's like, and. Yeah, so he's really frustrated with me as an eight-year-old. Yeah, so especially yeah. if they have a, an aptitude for reading and, yeah. and they're not yet ready to. And then a lot of their friends start reading stuff, and they're like, "Well, we're gonna hold off on that." Yeah, but, but don't we wish we had more of that problem away? Like, yeah, my friends are reading this and that. Yeah. Instead, it's a movie. It's <laughs> well, something true. else. Yeah, you know what I mean, you're yeah. right. that'd be a good problem to have today. Yeah, you're right. Um, oh yeah, but well, um, and I mean. This is one of those things that, that, that I always kind of wrestle with because, I mean, with movies, it's really easy to say. It's like, you know what? No, n- not with that one. Right. Uh, or you like, can find a version or, that yeah. has been cleaned up. You can. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. With a book, it's like there's there is that difficulty where sometimes it's like, depending on depending on how your, your mind operates, um, it either is like, okay, this this doesn't bother me that that much because it's not bringing to mind any, any right. you know, you're not yeah. visualizing anything. Right. Um, you know, for other people, it's like, nope, that would definitely be going down a really mm-hmm. nasty road for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it just, it, it seems to basically be, you have to know people more, like more deeply to mm-hmm. give good recommendations mm-hmm. like sure. that. So giving, pe- giving mm-hmm. a book recommendation to someone is an act of trust. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's, it's a vulnerable personal. moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, Absolutely. Um, and speaking of kids again, too, my oldest daughter, Melon, who's almost 12, uh-huh. she was asking me questions about To Kill a Mockingbird. I said, whoa, because she knows yeah. it's a book that I love, but I, can't, I don't know, it came up with a friend or something yeah. like that. I said, we're going to read that together yeah. uh, in the next few years. Not yet. Yeah. I said, there's just some things that... Uh, you know, she said, well, tell me about it. Like, and of course, she's asking innocent questions like, did they really kill this monkey bird? I'm like, like no. I said, it's going to be a few <laughs> years like- and we're going to go through it. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, but, you know, it was fun because I said, listen, there's lots of books. Like, you know, there's a time and place for them. Yeah. And like, I'm not going to be saying you can't do this or not. But right. I, was, I, I love right. your curiosity with it. And, yeah. and it ends up being such a great bridge with kids yes. for yep. conversations yeah. and also just for that whole shared identity as a family. Oh, my yeah. gosh. We read oh, yeah. so much stuff together. Yeah. That's yeah. that's one of our – that's probably our number one book in our family yeah. is To Kill a Mockingbird. One of my yeah. deep regrets is that I didn't um, name one of my children Atticus. <laughs> yeah. That was, too late. yeah. That was on the list for yeah. us when uh, – because the only, the only one of our children we never – we didn't – learned the gender of beforehand was our our oldest daughter yeah. uh, Abigail and so we she was either going to be 
Abigail, which she is, or she yeah. was going to be Atticus. Atticus. And oh, so, nice. Um, and it even was, as a Canadian, uh, recognizing that too, which is cool. It's, yeah. just, it's a great yeah. one. It's a, it's a great name, and two, it's uh, a great book. Yeah, that book <laughs> yeah. has a lot of levels to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the nice thing is you yeah. can read it with your daughter in middle school, and then mm-hmm. you can. I mean, I bet we've all read it three or four times at this point, and we're mm-hmm. still talking about it. Yeah, it's good yeah. stuff. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. All right, keep going too. So now, tell me about writing Bible studies, writing books that are from a theology perspective (laughs) and like what does reading other genres do to help you in that? Well, I think that it just helps you have a facility with words. When you mm-hmm. read good writers, it helps your writing. Not mm-hmm. all right. Well, if you read bad writers, I would imagine those things to your writing too. But, um, I think about like Charles Dickens. When I read Dickens, I become a better writer. His, His use of uh, Jane Austen, the way she writes dialogue and the irony, mm-hmm. and so I, you know, I uh, grew up in a family whose love language was sarcasm, and I had to unlearn <laughs> a lot of that. I, I mean, they're great people, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It was like in our family, we all got the joke, and so then you assume I'll just go blast everyone else with all of this, and it will go just <laughs> fine. And it really doesn't. It just really doesn't. So um, I have tried to do a better job of growing in. Um, knowing how to be um, uh, ironic versus sarcastic, to not mm-hmm. have to have a victimless humor that is still edgy, if yeah. that makes sense. It does. And then to be self-deprecating in a way that is still genuine. Uh, so yeah. not to just make myself a punching bag for the sake of a laugh, but when something ironic in my own life happens, to be able to be like, yeah, let's put that out there. And uh, I think a lot of reading uh, Jane Austen in particular helps you begin to realize um, how to express that in a way that is constructive and effective. And then, um, man, Dickens just knows how to say it in a way to where you're just I'm just going to cry quietly over in the corner yeah. for a few minutes before I read the next paragraph. Yeah. He's just yeah. so good with his characterization and um, and his plots. And so it's weird because it's hard to figure out what the connection is between reading something like uh, Great Expectations and writing a book on the attributes of God. Sure. But I think it's connecting, uh, it's like anything, it's connecting the divine to the mundane yeah. mm-hmm. um, or to the everyday. And when other people do it really well, you might be able to do a tiny bit of it in your own writing if you read enough of it. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, is Great Expectations your favorite Dickens? What is it? Yeah. I think it might. So for forever I would have said A Tale of Two Cities. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, I don't know, I really like Great, great Expectations kind of trails off at the end and you're like, Huh? Yeah. But this will come back to my mm-hmm. my what is it? My Jack Reacher sucker punch of the sucker week. Sucker punch of the yeah. week is that these are all um, serial novels. Yeah, and uh, Moby Dick. Yep. So uh, Alexander yeah. Dumas, all of his stuff, where you're like, yeah. I feel like you spent too long talking yeah. about X, Y, or Z, and they were probably hitting a word count for whatever their column length yeah. was, and then no one went back and edited it except for the <laughs> Reader's Digest condensed right. library. That's so. right. That is a very good point because you know works of literature today you know modern literature mm-hmm. like yeah there, there's so much more of an editorial focus on these now which is for the benefit of the reader but also in the past like the books like those we were forced to read growing up yes. we didn't really even understand like, why is this so long yeah you know why yeah. and you, well and then just with the rise of the medium of, of movies you know people are not gonna people want to read screenplays 
Yeah. And so then I think that that one of the interesting things as a writer in this kind of a writing petri dish is mm-hmm. is how can I write something that is brief and meaningful uh, that doesn't compromise the medium of writing for the sake of getting to someone who has maybe sort of an atrophied muscle around yeah. Yeah. Um, reading. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Tough out there, people. Don't write books. It's the worst. <laughs> um, what's the most words you've had to cut to get the book down to? I never have to cut. Really? Well done. No, I don't know if that means well done wow. or not. I have I have only no. the bare minimum number of words that I yeah. when I submit a manuscript, I'm like, this is all there is. I'm right. so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so so when you so when you're you know putting together your your ideas your proposals all these kind of Uh things are you like i think i've got this many words like ballpark and then you hit that yeah well i think you know i should i say that i haven't i have never had too many words i'm finding with the one that i'm working on now that i'm having more of an issue with it and i have a theory on why i think Mm -hmm. it's because i didn't write anything until i was in middle age and so then the three books that I have written were things that I had taught and thought about for years and years and years. And so I was putting out books at a rate of one every other year. Yeah. And I don't have that many books in me. And so I think I'm on this one that I'm working on now and I very much want to write it, but it's not as deep inside of me as the things I've written before this are. And so I find in that case that my words start to multiply. It's like you're feeling around for the idea in a way yeah. that you're just not with something that you've cooked longer. Yeah. So we'll see. This yeah. one might be a Frankenstein. <laughs> I like that. That could be fun. But by the time I talk about it on a podcast, you oh, won't yeah. know. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Lord willing. <laughs> It'll be all stitched together for you. <laughs> but also, I'm a control freak, and I don't, yeah. I, I'm like, I said this exactly the way I meant to. Don't you dare cut any of these words. Right. That's some of it. That's real yeah. healthy. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's okay. It's really healthy. Um, Hemingway wrote very, uh, well, he wrote like a reporter, right? So yeah, he, and would he was see an it. alcoholic. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like while, I said, there are, wrote, wrote like an there, are side <laughs> there are side effects to some writers. All right. And he had a very obvious one. Yes. Um, but some of his were very long, some were not, but he wrote what he meant. And yeah. I think there's something about that too. Yeah. So anytime I see a book that looks um, a certain length and think like, okay, but some of those profound books I've ever read are not the longest books because they made the point mm-hmm. and it soaks in so well. And um, um, as opposed to those who just continue on, I mean, who mm-hmm. need 50,000 words mm-hmm. removed, which mm-hmm. I've known plenty of authors really? who've had to deal with that. Yeah, they just. That's a whole other going. book. That's yeah. two books. It's a whole other book. Uh, two yeah. little skinny books, yeah. I think I'm really you... good with a 25,000 word book. That's, I think mine, so are, mine are all like 25 to 35,000. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. really. And it wasn't like I was thinking, oh, strategically, how can I make sure that I have something accessible? It really was all the words I had to say yeah. about, yeah. about yeah. women in the word. It was all the words yeah. I had to say about those attributes. Well, there are there are an unlimited number of words you could say, but just for right. the sake of what I was trying to accomplish. Yeah. yeah. So and but then you end up reaching people who are intimidated by a larger book and you give them an yeah. idea they might have only previously found in a larger book. But yes. it's 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 hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well you mentioned a few others. So what about uh, so Jane Austen, what's your favorite Jane Austen? Uh, I think that my favorite is, and this is predictable, but I think I like Pride and Prejudice. Sure. I nice. think I do. I, I like Emma. I, it's, it, mm-hmm. um, 
interesting to see her develop those themes of agency and vulnerability with women. Like, yeah. you know, what can they do and what can't they do? And uh, you can see how her writing points toward, I just went, we went and saw the new adaptation of Little Women yeah. right before yeah. uh, Christmas. And you can see so much of what she's grappling with carried forward into Louise May Alcott's writing. And yeah. so that's all very interesting to me. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So what I think she's. I think she very cleverly. I think in Pride and Prejudice, she cleverly couches those very hard themes in a Cinderella story. Yeah. She's like, "Come on, read my Cinderella story. I dare you." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my uh, wife and one of one of my daughters went and saw Little Women. I had my other was not interested, so we. I took her to see Frozen too, which is great. Secretly, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like. Same, same. Everyone yeah, says Little Women is fantastic. I know. Yeah. Yeah, it, but yeah. yeah, and there was yeah. a lot to risk on that. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, and yeah. um, we all went. My whole family, we all went. That's and great. we went four days before my daughter got married. And we underestimated how mm. emotionally vulnerable we were watching yeah. the theater. We're all sitting there watching this movie. It's like, I didn't want to look to my left or my right, you know, because I'm like, am I the only one who is disintegrating <laughs> into a pile of snot and Kleenex yeah, over no. here? And my 23-year-old son, like the lights come up and he's like, whose idea was it to come to this right now? <laughs> yeah. But it was like, man, it was a little connect with you one day. Yeah. No, he loved, like, no, I'm saying oh, he loved, oh my gosh, because oh, we're, we're, we're all so being book nerds. Oh yeah. my gosh, everybody, all of us were oh, just that's bawling. Great. Yeah, yeah, it was so well done. But I've heard that from so many, so many men, or young yeah. men in this case, have loved it. Yeah. And so there's, that tells me a lot, too. You know how a lot of times yeah. an adaptation just, you're like, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. The original author would have never done that. And you don't, you yeah. don't sense that at all with this. Yeah. There you uh, go. Yeah, it's really creatively done. Story is creatively told. A story yeah. everybody knows is creatively told in a way they don't expect. Yeah. It's really well done. Gotcha. Nice. But be prepared. Okay. Hydrate you know, before bring you Bring your go. hydrate, yeah. tissues, yeah. all the above. Yeah. Okay. See, I think now I need to see it and just go in with the challenge of I'm not going to cry. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we went to... Um, we being Emily and and me, we went to the most recent adaptation of Les Mis, uh-huh. um, and um, and I'm just and so we're watching the movie. She really wanted to see it. It was fine, um, <laughs> but like she's she listening to the podcast or uh, yeah. sometimes. Okay, okay. Sometimes. Both of sounded great. What's that? Oh yeah, he was <laughs> auto tune did yeah. uh, did wonders there, but. Um, he, but everyone in the theater is like all like weepy and yeah. emotional, except for me. Uh-oh. And I'm just there. You and gotta I'm tweak just a like, nose hair at that point. You can't walk out and be the only guy who's not crying. <laughs> yeah. She's like, so, but, but periodically, my wife is just like, what's, you know, she's like, are, are you enjoying? And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. And she's like, but, she's like <laughs> And she's like, are you crying? She's like, are you feeling anything? Are you a robot? And I'm like, no, I'm not a robot. I'm a human being. I have feeling. <laughs> I'm just not feeling this. Just That's not all you feeling have to say. That's, That's right. Okay. It's like, I'm enjoying the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. <laughs> but, it, was, uh, it was a noble approach for me. I mean, I, I, yeah. Uh, did you I, see they're making Hamilton into a movie? Yeah. I did. Yes. All with the original, original Broadway cast. cast. Right? Is it? Yeah. Yep. I know. Yeah, yep, so. but there's some things. I mean, again, we talk plenty of movies on here just because <laughs> books lead into movies, right. you know, it's often. Um, um, and then looking at it, uh, I 
meaningful play, you know, to something like this. Right. That's, that's a whole other world right. too. But yeah, I um, I see why we make so many out of it, but I also know you need a good writer and a screenwriter mm -hmm. to connect with what the goals are. Mm -hmm. And I find so often that, you know, you get a book that's rights are sold off and so on goes wild. And, and that's mm -hmm. often when it gets made mm -hmm. into something that wasn't intended, whether right. it's 150 years after the author right. to someone who just published a book a year ago. Mm -hmm. It happens and it's rare. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, there occasionally is one that really hits home, but mm -hmm. for the most part, that's tough. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so when Women in the Word gets, you know, made a movie, yeah, yeah, I, I was, I'm yeah. fully just expecting that. Be quite interesting. Just be involved in the project. That's it. That's yes. it. Yeah, like someone <laughs> annotating up there for an hour and a half is going to be fat. People are going to love that. Yeah. It could be compelling. I mean, they made a movie out of. They made a movie out of a beautiful mind. Yeah, yeah they, and they did. pulled that off. Yeah, and that book was not a story, not really a compelling story. Really? It was. Oh yeah, it was yeah. boring as all get out. Really? It's a book about math, and I mean, Russell Nash is interesting as a human mm -hmm. being, mm -hmm. um, and I can see why they. But I mean, they had to they had to spice that up a fair bit to make yeah. it um, make it a movie. You know so. whose movies have never really been done justice to the books, as long as we're ragging on people do adapting. It. Yes, it. yeah. Uh, Frances Hodgson Burnett is one of my favorite children's authors. Yeah. So mm -hmm. she wrote uh, A Little Princess. Mm -hmm. There yeah. has yet to be, in my opinion, a good yeah. version of that made. Uh, although there is a good one of The Secret Garden that's a little bit older yeah. now that yeah. they did back in the day. But she has so much heart and so much. Um, Morality and you know, they're morality tales. Yeah, and, and yeah. I mean that in a positive sense. Yeah, People yeah. give morality tales a bad rap these days. I'm yeah. for them. I actually think yeah. you need them. But um, yeah. the movies that they've done often have just been sort of like mm -hmm. something you'd show at a little girl slumber party instead of something that has a really deep underlying truth to it. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. next time you want to read a little girl's book. Okay. Have you read any? Francis Hodgson uh, Burnett? No, I'm not. Treat no. Yourself. I mean, I saw you have her, a late 80s mm -hmm. Secret Garden. Yeah. I know. I understand. Yeah, that's the I, one. Yes, that one. Yeah, that one's yeah. pretty fine. good. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I saw it, and I. I'm not thinking, I can't remember if the girl saw it, but I remember it was on TV a few years ago, and I watched like 20 minutes by my own myself, which mm -hmm. is always kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> hey, no shame. Like There's said, no judgment. It's I fine. was probably crying. But uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, but I remember like, yeah, being in elementary school or something yeah, like that. She you know, writes yeah. children dealing with yeah. very large yes. life issues and, yes. and persevering and yes. triumphing, and it's, they're just great. I just love them. Yes, yeah. yes. I do love it. Like Bridge of Terabithia is a good example mm -hmm. of that. Like, what mm -hmm. was the purpose of that being written to yeah. help a child understand yeah. what loss looks like, yeah. especially in a friend? Yeah. Um, yeah. And Penderwick, it become uh, Penderwicks are Penderwicks is yeah, another similar yeah. kind of yeah. similar kind of deal. Yeah. Penderwick Chronicles. Yeah. 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 How yeah. do you like really helping seeing these yeah. these girls mm -hmm. figure out life with? more or less just as sisters yeah so i mean there's i if i remember correctly it's their grandfather that they live with um or something yeah. like that um mm. but uh you can you can tell i don't remember much about the book at this mm -hmm. point unfortunately <laughs> yeah. my daughters love it though yeah. Um, yeah they're all about it but uh yeah. yeah all right so what 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 else would be your guilty pleasure in, in terms of reading like what's a book that uh that people would be surprised that you enjoy 
Uh, I have recently developed an appreciation for memoirs. Oh, okay. But they're kind of like I'm always I they're always want popular. to get in the head of the memoir writer because it's like at what point did you decide to burn to the ground every one of your primary relationships <laughs> for the right. purpose of selling a book? Right. Mm. Yeah. 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 It so. was Thanksgiving. Yes, yeah, it was yeah. probably 2004. Thanksgiving. Right, you'd be referring to like just uh, someone who's not already well known, but yes. they're writing their story. You're so, right. I mean, yeah. Glass Castle, Jeanette yeah. Walls. Although yeah, she good. seems to have preserved her family relationships sure. on the other side of that yeah. somehow magically, I think, because the dad died. Yeah. Um, but. The, yeah, and then she ended up going back and writing another one about the grandmother. Yeah, um, wow. But her, that one, I was just like, that's one of those ones where like, if you're feeling like you're having a bad parenting day, you just pick up that book and you're like, I am not so bad after right. all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I recently read, there was another one that came out, I can't remember the author's name, it was called Don't Let's Go to the Dogs Tonight, and it was set in Rhodesia, and uh, it was nuts, where hmm. you're just like, yeah. these kids grow up. Yeah. In these crazy circumstances, just they're just in danger all yeah, the time. Sure. The parents seem oblivious. Yeah. And then um, the most recently, I read uh, "Educated" by Tara Westover. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Great. Yeah. Which was an Elizabeth uh, Hyman recommendation. I read it right oh, after she? she told me. Yeah. 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 I told her like, "What are you reading right now?" That's yeah. and uh, I, yeah. I read it the next week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I have not got. It. I have not done it yet. It's so. uh, you I, know, it's, it's hillbilly elegy I mean, for uh, Mormons the, out west. Uh, yeah. Female Mormon out Essential west. Essential oils. Yeah. I yes, mean, I was yes. just like, there are so many things tying yeah. together right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Book. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. yeah, but but those are all like characters. I mean, just like Hillbilly Elegy, like you're cheering for the whole time. Like you find mm -hmm. yourself. Um, I haven't read Hillbilly Elegy yet, but everybody okay. keeps yeah. telling me I should. But you'll you'll probably have a similar feeling after mm -hmm. just like you read. Educated. A little uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes, a little uncomfortable. Absolutely, little very uncomfortable. Yeah, very yeah. uncomfortable. But um, but like I said, you're you're also cheering for them, and yes. you're just mm -hmm. you want to see them through whatever yeah. that looks like for them. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, those are ones I could do. I know the ones where it's like just complete destruction happening yeah. within a family. You know, it's kind of yeah. like that. There's that unwritten rule of like you just don't air all everything negative that's going on in your family, mm -hmm. right? I mean, in terms of like mm -hmm. a book, right? Just as you yeah. said, like how do you deal yeah. with that? That that's a pretty strong unwritten rule. That probably should just be a written rule. But it's rule number they, one of yeah. public communication yeah. is yeah. you only dog yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know, but that is a popular category. I mean, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, you go into most bookstores, um, independents are good because you can see the whole store yeah. better, but like yeah. you go in there, you'll see <laughs> memoir, which will take up like three huge sections, mm -hmm. and then uh, biography and, and autobiography would be another section or two. Like that used to be like the major zone, but it, everyone wants to know, like, Who's on whatever talk show yep. hearing yeah. what other crazy things about their family? I kind of don't yeah. trust the ones yeah. that are really juicy. Well, you know, like when you're in ministry for any period of time, sure. you figure yeah. out there's two sides to every story. Well, yeah. There's definitely that. Yeah. Uh, but usually someone is telling more uh, of the truth than the other side. So yeah. it's just you're always hoping. But also, I do, I do, so I try to take memoirs with a grain of salt. But yeah. when yeah. you get layer upon layer of patterns and you're like, well, this person can't be making up all of this. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Although I, I, although I get really uncomfortable with people who have basically made their career out of just writing memoirs for themselves. Yeah. So that's like, at, at a certain point, it's like... You can't ride that train very far. Yeah, it's like, you can you can do one yeah. or two mm -hmm. things, but it's like... 
Well, and I've thought about like Jeanette Walsh. She was pretty young when yeah. that book came. That was her first book. And how do you? Yeah. Fo- she did follow it up. She found a way to leverage another story within her family. But yeah, like what does Tara Westover do now? Does she write fiction? I mean, like, I don't know what your next move is. And I think just the intimidation factor with having a success, a really successful book out there can really crush people. Well, I guess the other question is, is do you need to write another one? Can one just be enough? I I mean, I know the publishing industry would say, we need another one. Uh But... Yeah. We always need one more. Yeah, <laughs> you always need one more. But it's a natural thing. You write a book, and you know, okay, people ask, "Well, what's next?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. is it just life? Yeah, mm-hmm. with her, like she she ends up she's getting her PhD in history or something, mm-hmm. like, right? That's, yeah. So she teaches. She certainly could just be writing yes. about those topics as well. Yes. But you're always going to have this thing hanging over you, also. And you, but you think how many great authors out there who only wrote one book? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What does that and say? You, you look like what happened to Harper Lee, and you yeah. think. Yeah. Man, she almost made it. Yeah. She almost made it out of here with one really great book. Yep. I know. And we're all not convinced if she actually wanted that second one to be. I know. know. That's what I'm saying. I know. I I know. I know. I'm still just going to pretend that she made it out with one really great book. I am too. I I didn't read it. Did you read it? I I, I couldn't. I just loved the first one too much to... And it nope. all felt yeah. so potentially manipulative of her as a person. And I'm like, I just opt out. How yep. do you go an entire life of not mm-hmm. doing that second book and then all of a sudden within the last few right. months, more or less of your life, it's right. published? That's yeah. a suspect. But, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. It, it's there. And someone <laughs> is had to sleep at night making that decision. That's right. So we can all be thankful that it was not us who made that decision. So there we go. But, um, but you know, speaking of poor choices, (laughs) (laughs) don't you like that segue? Yeah. Um, Let's just do that. My my segues are generally poor choices, but, uh, we know this, Dave, I am not the natural. Why am I on a, why am I on a podcast? (laughs) Why am I talking to people? I'm are like, you asking us or the no. universe? Know, what you, like what I'm you, looking for where your eyes are. I don't are know what to do right now. I don't know. I don't know what to do with my hands. Anything. Just, I'm just, I'm just so, yeah. so uh, in in the continued spirit of being awkward and uh, not really knowing what we're doing, um, we do have um, an important important question to ask okay. because it's that time we've alluded to it many right. times mm-hmm. in fact over the course of this episode, mm-hmm. but it's time to talk about the Jack Reacher Sucker Punch of the Week. I'm totally going with what I said. It's the serial novel that has been unedited for decades, sometimes mm. hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, like yeah. I've had articles that have received more editing yeah. than some of these books have ever received. I'm like, I get it. It's a classic, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But like, seri- I, we did not need to know that much about the feudal system in Russia. Yes. <laughs> this one's still a little fresh. Yeah. 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 And what drives me nuts is like Anna Karenina's perfect example. Great plot line. Really important themes to, to, to discuss. Yeah. Too long, guys. Yeah. yeah. Too long. Yeah. Yeah. Not okay. Think of how many other people would read it if you just cut yes. out. Yes, well, and instead they're going to watch a really pages. bad movie adaptation of it mm-hmm. and think that they have caught everything that there was. I yeah, I was I really thankful for the really great <laughs> movie adaptation of Moby Dick in high school. So I will was say there that. one. What? Yeah, the Gregory there? Peck one in oh. fifth, from oh, the fifties. Yeah. Oh, What's Gregory yeah. Peck? Yeah, exactly. We yeah. love Gregory. It was yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's 
Um, he was in the To Kill a Mockingbird one too. He's right. saving all the yeah. classics for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. That's, yeah. Right. that's good, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. But I think we should be able to go yeah. back and fix some of that. I, I mean, I guess people, technically people yeah. have. I guess yeah. there are abridged versions out there of some, but I always thought, abridged version, what are you, a sissy? And yeah. then I read a few of them and I'm like, no, yeah. these people are doing ministry. They're doing yeah. like yep. literature ministry when they abridge some of these books. Yep. It would be like shooting fish in a barrel, <laughs> no pun intended, to clean up Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need proud. to make this happen. I feel pretty proud of that. Yeah, I feel pretty strong. Of that, that was good. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Listeners, if you do not know Jen Wilkin by now, you do now. All right. This is it. This is The red so, pen is mightier no, than the sword. We, we set out. I, I yeah. said to him, like, I know Jen has a lot to say about books, and I'm very curious about yes. how feel about some of these. And we got it. Yep. There you go. That's right. That's yeah. right. So. Gave yeah. a year of my life to Anna Karenina, and I oh want it goodness. back. <laughs> You said yeah. your husband recommended this book. He did. He, okay. he and my son had both okay. read it and just, they loved it. And Now I'm a little worried about my marriage and my family <laughs> relationship. Yeah, you're like, what is just wrong kidding. with you people? Yeah, so you have read Moby Dick too. Right, and so right. I'm like, hun, you don't have to read these books. Oh, help me help you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, okay. So, well, this goes to the, this goes to the point. You were, you were saying a book recommendation is about trust. So yes. trust has been violated here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I read, so, I read the dark yeah. book. And then yeah. we had a little bit of book club over it. Well, that's my point is, is they gave you a bad yeah, we recommendation. We had family book club. Yeah. It wasn't a bad recommendation. Okay. I just needed the speedy quick version. Got it. And the, but then we read, I read All the Light We Cannot See. Mm-hmm. And my son had read that too. And then we just like basically hugged each other and cried and talked yeah. about okay. that. I mean, I'm not kidding. We sat on the couch and we couldn't even tell each other the parts of the book we liked the best because we were both crying so hard. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's what I have to look forward to because there's yeah. a copy Have you of that. read that? Um, I have had a copy sitting waiting for me to read. Well, I don't want to overhype it in case okay. you know how yeah. that can go. Yeah. Yeah. But there was a book in in my circles called The Nightingale. Yeah. Chris and yeah. Hannah. Yeah, okay. I read it. But yeah. I, you I didn't like it. I loathe Kristen Hannah. I loathe her. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sure she's an a author. wonderful person. <laughs> yeah, her writing is not podcast, my favorite. But, uh, <laughs> okay. She's actually hey here. Girl. <laughs> hey, girl. How's she, she's doing? right around the corner. And, she, and so she wrote The Nightingale, and The Nightingale yeah. was such a um, lesser version of what got accomplished in All the Light We Cannot yeah. See. And I thought, how many women will not read this other book because this was marketed to women by a female author yeah. around a, a, a female topic, and yeah. that kind of stuff makes me crazy. I, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sure. I get why those books are out. All right, yeah. I need to ask you another one here okay. since you are a Texan. I'm proliferating my rants, by the way. You no, didn't yeah. just get one. Are you I feeling pretty this. snug I'm, right I'm now? I'm so okay, happy okay, about okay, this okay, right yeah. now. Um, all right, it's so, best episode ever. Um, mm. Lonesome Dove. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so all that right. is Jeff Wilkins' favorite book and movie okay. of ever. Okay. Right. And okay. Um, a big rite of passage in our marriage was yeah. me sitting and watching it with him because in as I have an English degree and I had to read a lot of Larry McMurtry yeah. and reading him versus watching a movie you get a lot of things that are very violent and unexpected that I don't want in my head sure. so sure. Uh, yeah. I have a hard time and Larry McMurtry is from Archer City which is right up the road from where I grew up so, mm, uh, okay. so I can appreciate how good he is as an author, but his writing is too much for me. It's yeah. just too much. Okay. Too gritty. Okay. Got All it. right. All right. Got it. Yeah. Okay. What well, about Aaron, you? Aaron's stuck on like page fifty of it right now. Yeah. Are you? So, yeah. I'm, I'm on. Yeah. Have you 53. watched the movie? No. The movie is yeah. fantastic. No. Yeah. I've not watched the movie. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, the miniseries, so, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I have not. But I, I yeah. just we. 
we had someone on we were talking about westerns uh, uh andrew singa and uh and so we all agreed okay since we're not into westerns uh-huh. although i mean i love the movies i remember mm-hmm. mccarthy and so on which i love but i'd never read lonesome dove i have no mm-hmm. excuse um but i see what you mean yeah you know mm-hmm. after you know going through it now i haven't read a lot of his other stuff though yeah. so but i, I know yeah. like there's some people i mean it's, swear by. it's long well, it's really really shorter things, you know, because he yes. was basically writing screenplays for a while, and yeah. then I think yeah. he kind of found his footing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so I had a, I had a professor in college who absolutely loved Larry McMurtry and was yeah. making us read a lot of it, oh, and yeah. I just I'm like I can't take it. So yeah. this would be like if I were a college, an English professor, I'd be making everyone read Nick Hornby. Probably, okay. yeah. That's, that's his uh, his man crush writer. Really? I know it's a little weird. We're, we're not no, gonna, it's great. Yeah, it's great. his <laughs> it his is. writing is phenomenal. I. Uh, I'll I'll save this because we are gonna we have another question yeah. that we have to ask at the end of this. Yeah. yeah. But okay. Yeah. Speaking it's, of jump scenes. <laughs> no. 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 Jen, what are you reading right now? Yeah. That's <laughs> final question. That's, That's it. That's your final question. That's it. Or if you just finish something too. We're gonna it's end okay. on a low note. I, oh, it's sorry. not a low no, no, note. No, no, it's just okay. that when I'm teaching, I'm not. Yeah. Re- I don't pleasure yeah. read, and so yeah. like my reward for getting through a cycle of teaching is I pick up pleasure reading again. Yeah. So I don't have a pleasure okay. reading book on my nightstand right now. Okay. What I have been doing yeah. is going back and revisiting one of my favorite, um, I guess you could call it a theology text. It's Dallas Willard's um, Divine Conspiracy. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. writing a book. If I say it out loud, I have to finish the project. I'm writing yeah. a book on the Ten Commandments. And his um, nice. when he wrote on the Sermon on the Mount, it fundamentally changed the way I thought about mm-hmm. issues of morality, moralism, right. uh, moralistic, therapeutic deism. All of those things began to shift for me, and I developed a fascination with the doctrine of sanctification, which I think yeah. has fallen by the way in a yeah. lot of uh, specifically neo-reformed communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It needs to be revived and, uh, yeah. and dusted off. And so I have been treating myself to sort of a victory lap through the divine conspiracy. And I, I remember thinking not all of it, you you know, it's one of those things where like I like what he writes. Not all of it hits me, but the pieces that do, mm-hmm. I just they're they're stuck inside of me for a long time. So nice. that's what I'm. That's good. That's cool. Revisiting so an do old you, friend. Do you have an idea of what that pleasure read that that you will be your what reward be at the end of this is going to be? Um, I have wanted to read uh, one of the ones that I have on my nightstand that I need to get to is the Hate You Give. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Am I going to get ambushed? Have you read that? No, no, no. So this is my hard thing. Yet. Is I no, kind of no, have no. to tell when someone recommend- recommends something to me. I'm like, it, I need to know. It's how been recommended we- though, so it's yeah. yeah, it's on it's on the list. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's out there. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've also I should really read Just Mercy. I'd like to read it before I see the movie, but I've yeah. heard the movie is so good that yeah. it might not matter whether yeah. you yeah. you read it. Yeah, both have been recommended. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. Well, those yeah. are good options. Okay. Okay. I feel pretty good about it. Okay. All right, what 10 books are you reading? He's always reading Galilee. He's got like like three or four. Okay, Okay, so the Hornby thing that I was going to mention is he's got a a little collection of his essays on on his reading habits Uh that he did in uh, Believer magazine in the mid-2000s. I picked it up just for the title. Shakespeare wrote for money. <laughs> it's amazing. It's not his fault he was better that's at great. it than the rest yeah, of us. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. <laughs> so, money. Hey, listen. That's, that's it, right? And and so that's just like it's like that just it just that's spoke good. to me on a very deep that's, and personal level. Um, as a bit of um 
a person who is uh, really okay with doing things, doing doing things using my skills for dollars. Um, I'm okay with <laughs> <Yep>. that. <laughs> so, um, so I've got that one. Cool. Um, it's it's really fun just because I like. I'm so strange that I like reading about people reading books. There's something wrong with me. <laughs> Maybe I need help. <laughs> you, that's, that's okay. While I also do a podcast about people reading books. Uh, that's all right. It's, it's, uh, it's coming, like guys. inception for books. That's, that's yeah. right. That's, that's right. right. This right. rabbit hole okay. is uh, yeah. going pretty deep. But yeah. Um, yeah. so in addition to that, I've also got um, uh, – this Tenderland by um, yeah, William by William Kruger. K. Kruger um, okay. that I'm just just getting into right now. Um, it's a Minnesota good so far. story. More in Minnesota, yeah. so yeah, it's timely. So, yeah. and I'll play off of that because I'm reading his more well-known novel, Ordinary Grace, uh, which came out seven years ago now, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he. He's one of those. I know we're going to interview him uh, while we're in town because he lives in St. Paul. But uh, you know, he's one of those authors who wrote 20 plus books, all mysteries. And then suddenly he does these one-offs and he becomes incredibly well-known. They've been very oh, successful. Wow. Um, so it's interesting, but also like the, the mysteries have done well too, yeah. but like suddenly, like what's it like to write? Suddenly, yeah. To completely time, shift what you not write to about. become as nationally well-known until you hit these little one-off yeah. books and they're great yeah. books. They're all, I'd like to read the mysteries now to be honest. But yeah. But, uh, yeah, they'll be but fun. But yeah, there's, there's something in there I'm sure we'll learn. So yeah, there you absolutely. go. Although I, uh, I saw he's got one called, uh, I think he's got one called Thunder Bay. And so yeah. I immediately started thinking about it in a, in a uh-huh, Northern Ontarian uh-huh, accent. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Like oh Thunder Bay, <laughs> is that how they say it? Some do, yeah. It's, really? Some do. It's it's a pretty some intense. Do. Yeah, some do. Yeah, my my friend Larissa, she grew up in Thunder Bay, and oh, she can okay. she can slip into a Northern Ontarian accent pretty oh, quickly, um, and it's hilarious. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, man, this was good, Jen. This was fun. Thank you. Oh, thank yeah, you. Thanks for having we, me on, guys. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. What's the Super Bowl? I mean, yeah. this is. I mean, this is. We'll read a book about it later, right? and stuff yeah. it's fine <laughs> actually i don't hate on it i just it's never been you know yeah, yeah. Never well if you're home and there's a party that's why like you know right. of course oh, yeah i'm yeah. telling and you yes, like they hit half time party and they go okay okay happy birthday to you happy birthday to you and then they like run back that's to the tv all. and i'm like <laughs> that's all you get yeah it's i'm like over there pulling tissue out of gift bags you get oh, half time yeah. half time yeah that's really all you that's get that's amazing it's okay it's okay it's me and my mother-in-law we get rolled in oh yeah together yeah it's fine yeah Nice to get everybody together, nice you know? To get yeah. Together. yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, Jen, Absolutely. thank you. Yes, thank thanks you so for much. Having me on. All right. Fun. For sure. All right, Dave, thanks for, for hanging out. Yeah. We, great. we have to keep doing this. Absolutely. We'll do some more. And uh, listeners, thanks for joining us for this, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. This is an area code podcast.